Good evening. I want to welcome every one of you on a very special night. One time a year, we meet and we gather like this. And I want to um, just remind you as we celebrate the arrival, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've sang about how the fact we adore him. And I understand, and I commend you this evening for your sacrifice to be here tonight. I mean, things are like almost ready. And let me remind you, you're not missing anything, okay? The presents will be there. The food will be there. I just checked. Eagles are over Dallas right now, 2017. So we're not missing anything. I do want to direct our attention for a few moments to a couple verses from... Matthew chapter 1, the story portions of it, of the birth of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, it says this in verse 18, down through verse 23, the word of the Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, Son of David, do not, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Would you bow your heads and pray with me as we begin our time in his word together. Father, we do rejoice and we thank you for who you are. We thank you, Lord, for every person, each home is represented here. We thank you for your word that is open before us in the amazing story of the Incarnation. God, help us to be encouraged tonight about who Jesus is and about what Jesus Christ has done for us. Speak to us. May we hear what you have for us to say. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Now, it is, it is no secret that if you were to measure Christmas by way of um, money spent, cards that have been sent, and food that is eaten, it far exceeds every other holiday. But it's also a season, I have found, of great confusion for many people. And we see this all over. There's baby Jesus in a manger, and there's Santa's sleigh with reindeer right next to it. And so people ask, like, what's going on with this, I actually just saw a picture someone sent me of, of Jesus and Santa arm wrestling. And there was a caption that said, the winner gets Christmas. 
Let me tell you, I, I purposely am not showing you that picture at all. As a pastor, I have been reminded of this. Don't get cute with Christmas. Keep the cross center. Which actually made me wonder. For the typical person today, how much do they know? What, what do they think about when they think of Christmas? When researching the 10 most celebrated annual holidays around the world, a gentleman by the name of Ijaz Khan reported number one is Christmas. It is the day, quote, when Jesus was born. So it's celebrated as a very happy holiday because according to Christianism, Jesus came to save people's souls from hell and help them repent and gain the redemption of the soul. End quote. Now, what is interesting is that Mr. Khan is not a Christian. Mr. Khan is actually a Muslim. And he actually gets, believe it or not, he actually gets bits and pieces of the Christmas story, but we need a whole lot more than just help in order to redeem our souls. Now, now I'm well aware that when you hear things like this on Christmas Eve, saving souls from hell don't really match up very well with silver bells, stockings hung by the chimney with care. But let me tell you why that's important. When I was a kid growing up, uh, my parents probably like many parents that are here today, would, would hide the presents and the candies and the treats in the days and weeks leading up to Christmas. And my older brother and I, one particular year, knew as mom and dad drove out of the driveway that we got, we got a little bit of time on our hands and we were going to hunt and we were going to find the stash. And we did. There was one particular black box of chocolates. It was Hershey's pot of gold that caught our attention. And as two young boys, knowing that we could pull this over mom and dad, we actually took the little box of chocolates and with a razor blade, cut the edge of the cellophane and just folded it down. We slipped the box out. Brilliant idea. We ate the entire second layer of the box, because you know that they're going to look at the first layer, and we put it back together with the, the uneaten top layer, put it back in the cellophane, invisible tape on the corners. This, this was like successful surgery, okay? Slipped it back in the stash. No one would ever know. A couple of days later, my dad was heading for a Christmas party, and he needed to have a gift wrapped up. And my mom says, well, yeah, we have some extras. And, and, and I remember looking at my brother as mom came out and she's got this box and, and, and it's a black pot of gold and it's unusually light. And she said, well, this is interesting, but the cellophane's all on it. And we watched there as mom was wrapping the gift up and putting a bow on it. And we're just looking at one another and dad heads out the door. Didn't say a word. Let me just tell you that that is one Christmas we will never, ever forget. As we um, finally, when dad was gone, admitted our thievery to our mother. And let me remind you, it is a Christmas that we would never, ever forget. Now think about it for a moment. What, what would ever cause two boys to 
steal and then lie to their parents about it. Let me ask you this. Did our parents teach us that? Were our parents proud of us for that? Did our parents want that from us? No. Were we just unusually depraved children? Possibly, but trust me, I was actually this year, um, we, were, we, were, we were in the toy aisle at Target on Black Friday. And I can assure you of this, we are no more or no less depraved than the children that exist in our world today. There's this idea here at some level that says, when an angel announced to Joseph that his beloved, his betrothed, his fiancée, Mary, will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Why? Because he will save his people from their sins. We just saw those words. We read those words together. You can be assured that mankind was, and let me tell you this, is presently today in need of being saved. For goodness sake, just look around us. Just look around us today in our world. And the destruction is everywhere. Kids don't naturally tend toward that which is righteous, that which is right. A pastor was uh, just sent me a video of their little Christmas pageant. They have a little Christmas um, uh, play when little tiny kids, two, three, four-year-old kids, and they were decorated and they were dressed up and it was adorable. And one of the angels, okay, when, when baby Jesus was in the manger, one of the little angels took Jesus down and was just rocking Baby Jesus. Well, Mary literally, and I have it on video, Mary put the, the angel in a headlock. Like, you're breaking things here. That's not part of the story. Think about this. You don't, you don't run into a burning building to save someone unless they are really in trouble. You don't, you don't jump and dive into the water to rescue someone unless they are drowning. Jesus didn't come to earth to save mankind because he was bored. He came because he loved you and me. And he knew that we needed to be saved. And, and I know, I've seen the card, so have you. The scene is precious, adorable, a baby lying in a manger and there's fresh hay and there's low light and soft music and there's a little fluffy lamp and it all makes for an adorable, cute Christmas card. But we have to see what's actually happening here. Something bigger is taking place. It's a, it's a transference of sorts. Jesus left the glories of heaven to come down to the mud and the manure of a stable. And you realize that it was his righteousness that was placed on us, and it was our unrighteousness that what was placed on him. That's what led him to the cross. The suffering and the pain and the agony that he endured on the cross was our punishment was for our sins because of our depravity. Matt read it earlier in Philippians chapter 2. He emptied himself by taking 
the form of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So what happens here at Christmas is we've got to see this. We have to see the throne first, then the manger, then the cross, the tomb. And where is Jesus today? Back, seated at the right hand of his Father, interceding on our behalf. We've got to see what's happening at Christmas time. He came down to get us. He came down to get you. Why? So that we could be with him in his glory, in heaven for all of eternity. Many people, no doubt, and they ask me these questions. Like, what's, like, what's the big deal here? What's the big deal with Christmas? What's the big deal with Christ? Realize everything changed. Up to this particular point in history, the birth of Jesus, the incarnation, we read what? Emmanuel, God arrives, God with us. The only way that people could ever approach God was by proxy. Someone had to do it for them. A priest. And it happened only one day a year as a temporary payment, a temporary atonement where people would gather and he'd offer a sacrifice to the priest and the priest would go into the Holy of Holies and he would sacrifice that lamb and blood was shed. So significant was that event. Do you realize this? This moment in history that we celebrate this evening changed Everything forever. So significant. All of time. All of time is measured by what? B.C. Before Christ. A.D. Anno Domino in the year of our Lord. You, you realize what happened here. We have today you. And I have a great high priest and his name is Jesus and it says in Hebrews that we are to hold firmly hold fast to the faith that we profess go back to that story and there's characters in the Christmas story that we all know about and you have to realize that this this really when an angel comes and announces to Joseph, but he also announces to the shepherds that this is really the first announced worship service of King Jesus of all time. Now, there's Mary and Joseph, and there's the wise men that come later on, and the angels, the shepherds, for some reason, you know the guys that have been hanging out in the field? For some reason, they're always my favorite guys in this story. And yet they were the first ones to be invited. I'm always fascinated by this because no one, no one ever invited a shepherd anywhere. No one ever aspired to be a shepherd. Nowhere on any third grade report, when I grow up, I want to be a fill in the blank. No one ever wrote shepherd. These guys, let me be polite here. Most of them were, were homeless. They had been convicts. They were down and outs. They were thugs. Most shepherds had that job simply because they were hungry. That's the reason they had that job. Two months ago, my wife and I actually hiked the exact same region outside of Bethlehem. 
And let me tell you, it's not like you think it is. There's no lush green fields, okay? It's not Ireland, it's not Scotland. It is, it is dry, barren, rocky, dangerous. Cliffs that you fall off. It's hot in the day, it's freezing at night. Dangerous terrain. No one ever wants to hang there. And the shepherd's job was what? To protect the sheep. Basically, that means that they were to get eaten by the beast that attacked the sheep before the sheep get eaten. That's their job. It's a dangerous job. So they, here's a stick. That's, that's what you get. You get a stick. A shepherd's staff. That's all. And yet, what happened here? God dispatches a heavenly messenger, Gabriel, the archangel, to announce to these people first, and he summoned them first to the manger. Let me ask you a question. You ever get a little, little jealous that you didn't get summoned? I, 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 I do. Now, maybe it was because I was a depraved child who stole candy, obviously. But you ever think for a while, like, why, why was it them? They actually, got to, they actually got to see with their own eyes God incarnate, the creator of the universe in human flesh. They got to, like, touch his little face and hold on to his little pink feet and hands. So soft, little baby. They got to hear the cries of this little one. They shared air. Like they were right there together with the infinite one. All-knowing, all-powerful, sovereign, eternal, king of all kings and lord of all lords. Why couldn't we be there? Why, could, why didn't we get the invite? Why did we have to be born when we were born? Before we ever get on and ride the, like, this isn't fair train. This isn't fair. That's not right. I want to speak to you. I want to actually remind you of something. Because we are to have encouraging word tonight. Encourage you with a wonderful truth, a beautiful truth, that you and I need to be reminded of. We need to hold on to. It's like a gift. Especially, we need to hold on to it Christmas time. Hold on to this truth. John chapter 20 and verse 29. Jesus Christ himself is speaking. It says that Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? And he says this, Blessed. The word in Greek is mercarios. It means fortunate. Fortunate are you. Happy are you. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Did you realize what's happening here in John chapter 20? Jesus is speaking to us. Just real quick, John chapter 20, let me just a little heads up. That's not a Christmas text. Okay, that's an Easter text. John chapter 20 is what? It's, it's after the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know if you remember Easter or not. 
Let me remind you what it says. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early while it was still dark and saw that the stone had been taken away from the tomb. And then it says that Mary was outside the tomb and she was weeping. And Jesus revealed himself to her. And then it says later that Jesus reveals himself to the other disciples. But then there's this verse. John chapter 20 verse 29 is actually addressed to Thomas who wasn't there. He, he somehow, he, he missed the, the, he missed it and he wasn't, he wasn't there. He, in a sense, Thomas is kind of like you and I. And Jesus eventually reveals himself to us, but he also gives this really, really strong. He says, do, do you believe me? Do you have faith in me because you saw me? And he says, there's something special. There's an extra measure of blessing that you and I do not deserve. And it's upon us when what? We have not seen. And yet, we still believe. You see, this, this verse speaks to every one of us that think what? We're just, we're just at the wrong place at the wrong time. We miss the manger, we miss the tomb, and he assures us, but wait a minute, there is blessing in this for you. I know people, and I've talked to them all the time, and they, they say something like this, I, I, would, I would like to trust Jesus. I would like to have the faith that, that you church people have. I would like to celebrate Christmas. I would like to hear about and, and know about a risen Savior. But I, I just, and this is what we hear oftentimes, I just don't feel like he's there. Do you ever think about that? I just, I just feel that God, yeah, he may be out there, but I just, I just feel like he doesn't really care. I feel like he just doesn't really know me. It's in that moment that I think many people sitting here this evening are saying, I just, don't, I just don't feel like I can trust Jesus with my life. God is offering an extra special blessing, a special place, a unique promise to those of us who are here today that think maybe you have missed out on something. The Apostle Paul says it like this, we are to walk by faith and not by sight in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. You, you realize that we are to what? We're to seek our unseen Savior by faith. And let me assure you of this. That faith can only come from the Holy Spirit himself. So what, what has to happen here? What, what is this like, what does that have to do with like it's Christmas time and like let me out so I can go open my gifts and eat my food? Like, like so what? As we inch this moment, as we inch closer and closer to the celebration of the word becoming flesh and dwelling amongst us, this season, this day, this time, rather than what longing, I wish... I was like the shepherds that got to go to the manger. 
I wish I was like Mary Magdalene who, who saw Jesus after he rose from the dead at the tomb. Some of you feel guilty. I, I should have been at the foot of the cross. What we need to do this evening is turn our eyes heavenward. Our faith in Christ heavenward. Let me ask you this. If you want to see Jesus this evening, you see him in worship. In a few moments as we lift our voices together, we, we actually as a church gather his bride we are called. And we see Christ. We see the body of Christ by seeing one another as his hands and his feet as we care for one another and we love one another and we give and we sacrifice for one another. If you want to hear Jesus, and there's so many times, like it just, I, just, I just wish he was closer. He never speaks to me. You need to get into his word. This is him speaking to you. You need to get under the teaching and the preaching of the word of God because that's how God speaks to us. I just, I, just, I just don't hear. How do you have such faith? Because when you're in the word, the spirit gives to us. The faith that we need. If you want to know Jesus, we go back to the very place that we began. We acknowledge the fact that we are sinners in need of a Savior. And that Savior is the Lord Jesus Christ. See what's happening here. The great transference. God left the glory of heaven to come down to the mud and the manure of this world. And he saw you. And what? His righteousness can be placed upon you. Your unrighteousness is that which, what? Allowed him to experience the agony of the cross on your behalf. And he did that because he loved you that much. How many times, how long has it been since you've heard someone say, I love you. In a way that I'm willing to lay my life down. That's exactly what Christ has done. That's what we see. That's what we celebrate. That's what we've got to hold on to. Today. Tonight. Tomorrow. I would encourage you, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God's Word actually says that today is the day of salvation. And it simply comes by you saying, you know what? My life, yeah, it's not going so well. It's not working out the way, like, this is not, this is not the script that I chose. And I offer my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, which means he calls the shots. Not only do we accept Jesus as our Lord, but we accept him as our Savior, the one who redeemed us. From our sin rescued us. He sees you. He knows you. And he loves you enough. To give you the message. That we hear tonight. As Matt comes and leads us. In one closing hymn together. I would encourage you to give great thought. To the greatest gift. That could ever be given. For all of mankind. The gift of Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord 
and Savior. Matt, why don't you go?